the uh, learning to how, how to use one's ability to conceive ideals and uh, instructions and how to what is this function of our that we have that we persecute our we tend to persecute ourselves with because we're always comparing ourselves with maybe a high standard <laughs> or an ideal in western world we're very much we're very idealistic and I, I think uh, say just a country like the United States which is very much a, a country that originated from <coughs> our ideals it's not an evolved society like say European one where you you went through say in Britain from kind of tribal to feudal and different levels of of development social development political development the United States is is a modern country established on ideas of democracy freedom and equality so you have uh, Americans have this this very powerful sense of how things should be according to the ideals that are very much uh, instilled in you just from being ed born and educated in that country now notice say in contrast to ideals about well, an ideal is 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 are the shoulds of life how things should be and when we when we talk about the ideal man or woman or whatever there we form these uh, pictures of uh, images a static image isn't it it's it's not a not a living breathing being it's a it's an idol And uh, so that 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 is that is we can we can imagine we can create an idol or an, have an ideal. And the Buddha's emphasis was then on learning how to use this function of our mind without being uh, kind of uh, deluded by it, not no longer expecting life to be ideal or comparing one's experience of life with, with the highest standard but enabled to use high standards as, as like guides as uh, guiding stars or sources of direction but not things, not <coughs> conditions to attach to so when we ordain and we say I'm taking this training, this becoming a, a bhikkhu siddhadra in order to realize nibbana this can sound like a kind of um, you know on the personal level of how you, you think about yourself it might sound like a, you're, you're really you know taking on something that you're quite incapable of doing most of us don't feel that we're we're, that we are on, on the level of our conditioned mind the kind of advanced creatures that could possibly be enlightened in our lifetime we tend to disparage tend to be more self-disparaging than uh, aggrandizing 
when we have the when we contemplate the ten barometers, these these virtues of dana, thila, nekama, panyawiriya, kanti, sacha, aditana, meta, upeka. These are these are virtues that that we are encouraged to develop. And when you uh, read the uh, stories behind the uh, about these the, these uh, ten barometers. Then you have these ideal, uh, the, these these rather uh, two-dimensional figures, such, such as the the uh, Prince Vaisantara story, the the the, sto- the classic story of Thailand, which uh, was the uh, Bodhisattva developing Dana Baramita. <coughs> now, this Prince Vaisantara was, if if you read it from a Westernized mind with western values especially american values it's the silliest story there ever was or is prince waysandra is it is it's just absolutely silly according to the uh, an american conditioned mind so this is this is how i first heard it there's this this prince <laughs> and he, he vowed that he would Develop Dhanabaramita and give away everything that anyone asked for during his lifetime. So he, he, uh, he, the first thing that they had was he was he was only a prince. He wasn't a king, but he had tremendous powers. And they had this uh, very auspicious elephant in the kingdom in India. And this elephant was was a white elephant, and it brought good luck and good fortune to the kingdom. And this was acknowledged that everywhere and all throughout the the land that that this kingdom, Prince Waisandra's kingdom, was its its prosperity was due to the ownership of this white elephant, beautiful creature. So, some neighboring people <coughs> people who envied this and their kingdom was having a famine in miserable state. So uh, they decided. Well, we've heard that Prince Waisandra has. Uh, made a vow that he will give away anything that anyone asks for. So let's go ask him for this elephant. So they do, and he gives it to them. These, these are these kind of scoundrels. He just gives them this elephant. Irresponsible, isn't it, from the American point of view? <laughs> <laughs> That's just being stupid and irresponsible. You have to check out their credentials first and they <laughs> sign a contract or do something or just hand it over like that. And obviously they were, you know, even obviously they went <laughs> and all that. Then the story proceeds and he he uh Gives away his uh, his uh, his uh, they they they're exiled from the kingdom. His wife, the most faithful, uh, she's the the ideal wife. She's extremely beautiful and she's faithful and loyal. And she and when Prince Wesandra is a- exiled from the kingdom, she she insists on going with him in spite of all the hardships. And the two children, the children are absolutely the most delightful beautiful children in the in the world and so they uh, they have they have a horse and carriage 
and then some people ask for that he gives away the horse in case so his wife has to walk <laughs> and the kids <laughs> doesn't think about her he think he just to keep the silly vow he's, he's willing to let them suffer and eventually he gives away his children to a to a to a foolish villain and eventually his wife so that that the modern mind looks at this story as as uh, as preposterous and silly and 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 because our values are that uh, that you should be responsible and you should and and making a vow like that means that you you just makes you very selfish and you aren't uh, really considering the uh, welfare of your kids or or your kingdom or your wife or anything you just determine to keep this vow even at the expense of the misery they have, and, and the, when they put on this festival in Thailand, they, they one of their, the, this villain is taking these two absolutely delightful, precious little children away, and he's beating them and hitting them. And Prince Ray Thunder is standing there, just looking. And he, shut up, you little brats! And then, and the little girl. Daddy, you know, <laughs> it's really a tearjerker, you know. <laughs> but Prince Lysander is, is keeping his vow, you know. They, he doesn't do anything. That's that's this happened at the, but it has a happy ending, uh, and he gets everything back. The kids, the wife, the kingdom, the white elephant, everything. Now the now this is this is a, a tale, or they call a Jataka story. It's a it's a myth and legend. It's it's a, it's not based on kind of modern sociology and psychology or egalitarian attitudes or or uh, democratic ideas. It's the story of the the thing that is, is beautiful about this story is the total trust and faith that Prince Vaisantra has. That even if he gives all these things away, that, that, uh, that the, the vow to be generous is, is the most important thing. And that, that everything will be alright in the end. Even when it looks like everything is a mess. Uh, so that he he gives away every the things he most loves. I mean, what is more, uh, say, say in the human realm, more, uh, what are we more attached to than say our children or, or husband wife? The sense of duty of being responsible for a kingdom and and all of the, these these powerful attachments to the world uh, overwhelm our minds and oftentimes prevent us from from really trusting in anything. We've all, our life is so spent in trying to hold on and, and maintain and do our duty that our minds are never liberated <coughs> through faith, <coughs> through complete and utter trust in goodness. I mean, in modern uh, Western world, we're cynical about life, aren't we? We tend to... to kind of sneer at, at the idea of being good or we, we, we tend to dwell on the, 
the corruption and the weaknesses of ourselves and the people around us and the leaders of the of the countries of the world and we 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 easily see see their evil or their weak or corrupt side so a myth or a legend isn't trying to be a kind of accurate auto-accurate bi- biography of any real person. In fact, Prince Sandra is not a real person. He is an ideal person. And and so these are the, these, th- this is the way that, that <coughs> um, pre-industrial societies would hold up role models to their, to their populations. In Thailand, this is one of the the uh, when you when you when you see that I have the the videotapes that they made of this of this in Thai, uh, one can begin to appreciate the whole kind of underlying <coughs> attitude of Thai culture of the old Thai culture because very much this was the ideal for the society this generosity this dana baramita the the uh, Prince Vaisantra was the the model. Of the uh, of the king or the 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 lay man who is totally generous, <coughs> and his wife, uh, she's she's not a real woman. She's she's uh, she is a an ideal wife and queen, uh, uh, or princess or whatever they are, and the children are not real children. They're they're <coughs> idealized children. <coughs> So there, this is this is uh, say the, these ideals are presented to a society as models for behavior or ideals or guides for how we should rise up and try to be say how our du- fulfill our duties as a king or as a queen as a wife or husband as as a son or daughter. Uh, all of these are presented through myth and legend, through these ideals. Modern society, we tend to not have these. We tend to even laugh about things. They're like fairy tales for little kids and they have nothing to offer us. Except now more and more people are aware of the value of myth and legend and, uh, and beginning to understand, re, re-examine it. And so the the life of the Buddha also functions in that way for us, isn't it? It's it's the life like the 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 uh, Devadatta story the other night. Was that a real person, the Buddha that that uh, that was presented in, in that story that never showed any anger, never had any ill will, never you know one. There was only the the. The good, the kind, the the patient, the wise, the forgiving—all of these were the only qualities uh, that one uh, that were identified with the Lord Buddha. Devadatta was a little more human, at least, wasn't it? I mean, there was a certain good side to him. He had certain admirable qualities, but he also had as ambitious and and plotting and scheming and so forth. We can understand that on, the, on the, our human experience. But the Buddha, as presented in the scriptures, is, is an ideal 
Buddha. So, when we don't have ideals, and this is one of the problems of the time, is the, the idols for modern youth are usually pretty sleazy, aren't they? Rock stars can get more sleazy than modern rock stars. Madonna is about the most vulgar, sleaziest female I've ever seen. <laughs> you couldn't get more vulgar than that. <laughs> and uh, in some of the pictures you see of, of rock bands, and I mean, they're the creepiest looking guys. <laughs> ugly and uh, you can't see why anyone would would find them uh, attractive as models for behavior so we hold up mediocrity or or uh, or just uh, rip like say my generation in in the states James Dean was a kind of model you know the rebel the young man who was just rebelling against any old thing. He didn't have, uh, he didn't, and they had a movie called Rebel Without a Cause, which is a significant title. <laughs> That's what, what it was. There wasn't anything really to rebel against. It was just, you, it was the fashion to be a rebel. And you, I'm, I'm a rebel was a kind of ideal you had. If you were just a conformist, a kind of goody good, uh, twit and just <laughs> followed along what, and did everything you're supposed to do what mommy wants you to do and daddy says and the teacher says and the priest and all that and then means you're, you're something you're not you're not the model for you're not what people really admire but the rebel <coughs> became a, a very um, powerful image for for the teenagers I think probably still is So Prince Vaisantara, say for an American role model, would be would, would be totally unrecognizable. Not only he's he's in in the in these Thai uh, videos, he's he's very handsome and very dignified, but there's he's he's comp always composed, and there's always this sense of of total composure. So when the the little kids are being dragged away by the villain. He's just standing there, not showing anything, any feeling. You think this guy is doesn't doesn't feel anything. But one thing that impressed me on watching these videos was that that the the Thai actors and that way they did it, it brought across very strongly the sense of of faith and dignity and determination on a higher plane than just worldly uh, attitudes and values. And this is where, say, a, a materialist society, we don't have the, we don't, 
our our world revolves around the wife and kids and duties and responsibilities and and uh, making money and and keeping the rules or breaking them or all of this is very much all we know in a materialist world. We don't we don't have this total trust in faith anymore in in God or in anything higher or transcendent. Modern science uh, uh, has almost destroyed that uh, that part of our cultural heritage. Christianity has not been able to to keep up a very good uh, um, kind of they've they've kind of lost in the competition with empirical science and they've compromised the Roman Catholic Church especially very much compromised itself into all kinds of uh, silly attitudes uh, in order to deal with uh, materialistic science empirical science So even though we we have a kind of maybe a, a, a religious quality in our society, it's definitely second rate, and it's definitely not the priority in most people's lives, especially in the educational systems. In the religious studies is is usually uh, one of the things you have to go to, or things you're least interested in attending, or things that most least amount of money or attention is is given toward it because religion is not considered a priority or faith or spiritual development they're not the priorities in in our society here in Britain or the United States or any Western uh, democracy the the whole emphasis is based on rights and privileges freedom uh, individual rights and privileges equality freedom and equality so these these are maybe inspiring at a certain age but as you get older the, one doesn't really care about equality and freedom anymore one one is more interested in finding out the truth One doesn't really see the importance of all that in life and any kind of fighting and rebelling and complaining and trying to make everything fit uh, our democratic ideals. When our hearts are really sick and and we we have nothing we have no nothing to really live for. There's no purpose to our life. If all our life the purpose of our life is only to have rights and privileges and be free and equal and it, somehow it, it falls flat, doesn't it? The, there's, there's, in the end we, we're left with nothing. It's meaningless. Our lives have no meaning and no significance if, if that's all that it's about. It's just me getting rights and privileges as an individual and trying to, to um, make everyone free and equal. Now the Dana Baramita, the generosity is is uh, 
is is a barometer that's very much developed in in Buddhist in Theravadan Buddhist countries like Thailand, Sri Lanka, where where the this is a very much a uh, a, a virtue that is uh, exalted in the in the society. I mean, what you what sometimes we're amazed at the generosity, say, of the Thai people to our monastery. People don't even know us. They'll come and they'll start writing out checks for quite uh, large amounts of money just because they, they want to support a monastery that they seldom, if ever, come, come to. Why do they do that? Why, why do they have that? Why do they have that impulse or that inclination? And if you can appreciate their culture, you begin to see it's very much... Uh, a cultural attitude that has been highly developed mm. in the Buddhist world. <coughs> Here in Britain, people are generous, but the generosity is not given the uh, such an important place in our value system. Where in Thailand, it is, it is given a very high place. Uh, they have these. Uh, Mahachat festivals every year and so many of the monasteries are out time these are the Mahachat festivals uh, where they read uh, it takes hours to read the story of Prince Vaisantra there are so many chapters it takes hours in fact the videotape <coughs> I have takes 18 hours to see all of it <coughs> 18 hours of virtuousness <laughs> generosity A society that lacks, that no longer believes and no longer has ideals or, or models of behavior for men and women that are based on ideals. We have models now that are based on uh, kind of popular fads and fashions, on modern attitudes, such as the rebel or the free spirit or the the it girl or the or the pop star or the, the these kind of things these kind of fashions uh, we have but but we don't have we don't have ideals for husband wife anymore do we or or children uh, relationship to their parents or respect for the the king or the president or we the, there's our th democratic systems now tend to be based on on just this uh, this egalitarian ideal, where we think of ourselves, me first, and and then uh, and and that and and based on that, that we're all equal and free to do what we want. So we don't have we don't develop. Uh, Say we don't know how to develop our emotional nature because of that. Our emotional nature never, never, re we never really grow up, and we never develop uh, into an equanimity of the human heart. We we're stuck on various levels of emotional turmoil or inhibition because because we have we have nothing to to develop as an ideal. We have nothing to move toward. We can only compare ourselves with ideals and come off feeling very guilty and inadequate 
because everything, because the ideals that we have now are, are not understood. We don't understand how to use ideals. We don't understand how to, how to use the story of the Lord Buddha or the, the story of Prince Vaisantra or the story of Jesus Christ. We tend to either want to make them profane, want to bring them down a bit, like how many F, how many attempts at making Jesus Christ uh, into some kind of political zealot or into a homosexual or into some kind of uh, um, frustrated male figure or... Uh, is it, is it, great love of profaning and bringing Jesus Christ into some as, as just an ordinary guy with problems <laughs> because <laughs> because they they uh, one doesn't uh, one finds it difficult doesn't know how to relate to Jesus Christ as an ideal The Buddha is, uh, in Buddhist countries, they don't tend to do that. If you try to profane the Lord Buddha in Thailand, that's one way of arousing the enmity of the whole country. They get very indignant. And they don't, uh, in, 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 in Britain or America, you can, you can make fun of Jesus and God, and, and you can have, you have a masquerade party, and you could come as a pregnant nun. And everybody thinks, isn't that funny? Ha 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 ha. Pregnant nun. Where if you, if you did that in Thailand, they would think that's very vulgar and, and ugly and nasty thing to do. If you dressed up as the Lord Buddha and at a masquerade ball, I mean, that would be really uh, looked at uh, with great indignation. This is considered bad taste and and inappropriate and and, and profaning what is sacred <coughs> so in Thailand they still have a sense of the sacred which which our sense of the sacred is not not very highly developed <coughs> because we profane everything we bring everything down to a profane level ourselves included somebody like Madonna is is the is is really the mo a very profane kind of female figure and yet i suppose many modern women envy her and want to act like her because <laughs> yeah. she gets so much attention and makes so much money Now in reflective meditation we're learning how to, uh, how our mind works, what <coughs> the human mind, how it operates and how to use it. And this, uh, the Buddha uh, was a very brilliant teacher because uh, he did approach the human predicament in a very psychological way. That's why we all find Buddhism quite appealing to us. Of all the, the major world religions at this time, uh, Buddhism seems to have the, the widest appeal 
uh, say to Western people, Western educated, materialistic minded uh, people who who don't believe in God anymore and, ha and don't have any and, and, and don't have uh, a kind of cultural a, relig a religious cultural tradition that they fully believe and accept. One thing that, that Buddhism doesn't ask us to do is to believe in things and the whole emphasis of, of meditation is based on, uh, on an understanding of the mind, psychology in other words. Now I'm not saying that Buddhism is psychology as such because psychology is, is still limited and we're not just studying the mind as an end in itself but we're, we're investigating and looking into how our minds are and how to develop, how to uh, free the mind from its bonds, its fetters, its hindrances in order to realize ultimate reality, deathlessness the, the realized Nibbana it's a completely liberating transcendent goal that is, that is our goal what we're doing here what we're practicing for is not just to be uh, a better adjusted monk or nun man or woman but to be completely liberated from all delusion and to be able to live more closely to these ideals the more we liberate our hearts from greed, hatred and delusion the more we begin to feel uh, alignment with Prince Vaisantara and the Lord Buddha and, and uh, the various uh, uh, deities and bodhisattvas and benevolent forms, virtuous forms and ideals that we can imagine that we have in our we have within our own culture and within the Buddhist spectrum. When you understand the the human mind has the the kind of wonder of the human heart that we can actually imagine somebody like the the Buddha or Prince Vaisantara. Imagine a human man who is so totally generous, totally trusting, totally committed towards generosity and knows that, that by being generous only good things can happen even if it looks like something bad is happening. Who's not reacting to just the appearances and the, uh, the, the worldly appearances, the profane appearances of life, but has this complete trust and does not flinch, does not hesitate, does not uh, waver in regards to his, uh, his vow. Well, let's take in, 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 in that, that's, that's the, the, the ideal of say the Dhanabaramita developing generosity taking that to its to its logical conclusion is a total giving of oneself 
to the Buddha Dhamma Sangha, isn't it? You're, say, as you really uh, completely, as you understand more and more the profound nature of things and how the mind, how the mind, what the mind really is, the more you have a sense of wanting to give everything, every bit of yourself away, the good, the bad, the 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 everything, the 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 virtues, the the vices, total surrender, total giving up to to allow ourselves to be in the refuge of Buddha Dhamma Sangha, totally trusting in the refuges, totally surrender, uh, having completely surrendered, surrendered to those refuges, and giving up every right to be an individual self or or uh, follow one selfish impulse. I mean that sounds that's an extreme, isn't it? That's an ideal. But the more we liberate our heart from this sense of, of a self based on greed, hatred and delusion and all the worldly values that have been inculcated into our minds through cultural conditioning the more we find the a total trust and a joyousness in that sacrifice, self-sacrifice, a sacrifice of oneself, or a total giving of oneself. So if you take Dana Barmita to its ultimate conclusion, ultimate perfection, it's the giving away yourself. And the death of of all your loved ones in your mind, where you let everything go in your mind. Trusting that by letting everything go, everything will be will will be the will be the best for everything and everyone. And that's that's what faith is about. Sada in Pali language. Empirical science doesn't doesn't create that sense of faith. And Christianity, modern Christianity, tends to say you must have faith, but doesn't doesn't really tell us how to develop it. You just kind of feel you have to uh, and, and uh, feel guilty if you don't and you don't know how to deal with the doubts because you're not, you're not understanding how the mind works you're merely say maybe being intimidated by the priest that says you better believe or you go to hell we get frightened and then what will happen if I die if I don't have any faith in Jesus Christ and uh, the only son of God might go to hell. Better believe, just to be on the safe side. I've heard many people say that. I believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know if I really do, but I'm going to. I'm going to believe because I might as well. You know, we none of us really know what what happens when we die, and I might as well cover all possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> That's not faith. <laughs>
with the say with the meta practice meta as an ideal of loving kindness for all sentient beings say that's the ideal isn't it that's an ideal we have may all beings be happy may all beings be free from suffering we would like to become people with metta people that feel this this loving kindness for all beings that's an ideal so recognize an ideal is an ideal that's a function of the mind isn't it that we can conceive that idea bring it into consciousness of may all beings be free from suffering metta for all sentient beings seen unseen living near and far away, born and to be born. Metasutta. <laughs> uh, uh, that, that is our ability to, to put an ideal into our conscious mind. So we can intend towards that ideal, meaning like when you're, say, when you're following a star, as a guide, a directional guide, you have to locate the star and then 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 you have to use it as as a guide for for your directional guide. But you also have to look where you are. And if you if you're just looking at the star you might uh, fall off the cliff. You've also got to look at the star but you've also got to look where you are. Look at the 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 terrain, the, the obstacles, the, the difficulties that, that uh, you're dealing with on the, on the ground where you are right now. Or if you're just looking at the, at the star alone, it, it inspires. And it's the right direction, definitely. But it is, it is, it, but we, we can't get there. We can't we can't when we attach to the star then we we uh, we we cannot we we become blinded by an ideal and we don't even know where we are anymore and we become we we are overcome by the problems and difficulties and obstacles that arise in life as it is in the form the human form in the world that we live in in the society and in the, the nature of things. But if we don't have a guiding star in our lives, then we just go around and around getting lost in the worldly condition. This is what happens to so many people these days. And they they have no they have no guide anymore. They're not looking at anything higher than than say uh, having a bigger house than somebody else. Who can build the biggest skyscraper? Or if they're looking high, it's usually on the sense of uh, on a very worldly plane. How to how to win? How to uh, uh, conquer? How to be better than somebody else? Well, that's not that's 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 greed, hatred, and delusion operating in the human heart. So, with meta as an ideal, it's not to to uh, to take this ideal and then compare ourselves with it, because if we if we have this 
superlative ideal, this absolutely pure ideal, and then we compare our ordinary daily behavior with this ideal, what happens? Oh, I'm a hopeless case. I'm supposed to have metta for all sentient beings, and I just, I can't stand the monk sitting next to me. I get so angry with the, when somebody walks down the corridor too loudly. I want to kill him. <laughs> In the metta evenings, we spread metta to a billion Chinese in China because they aren't annoying us <laughs> at this moment. A billion <coughs> Chinese that aren't in this room. If one of a billion Chinese suddenly tried to crowd into this room, it'd be hard, very difficult to spread metta. But because they're, they're far away and we don't even know one by name, we can feel metta for a billion Chinese we don't know, where one monk or nun that we know, might, we might want have absolutely no feeling of metta at this moment. So then we can say, well, I'm, uh, I, should, I should have this metta, but I don't. And so the mind, uh, one feels guilty and feels uh, <laughs> that one is a hopeless case. One is somehow inadequate to live up to this ideal. And that's the ego operating. We're not, we're not here to, to, to uh, hold up ideals and then make ourselves feel rotten because we can't, we can never really be that way. But we're using ideals in order to, as, as directions, as guides, not as uh, personal qualities. Metta is not a personal quality that I'm going to judge myself with. But by having metta as a direction, I can begin to see what selfishness is or anger, or, or lack of metta, or lack of compassion in my mind. I can identify, I can observe negative reactions. And then, but that which observes and recognizes is a, is a, is a kind of, one can see also, if, if you trust in that ability to observe and notice and be patient, because then we, we learn how to be patient even with the uh, impatience of our mind and, our own, and the version that we're feeling or the fear or jealousy that, that we might be experiencing in our mind. We learn how to be patient with the way it is, with the little irritations, frustrations that we're feeling rather than trying to, to uh, uh, suppress it all by pretending to have loving-kindness for a billion Chinese that, we, that don't bother us at all at this moment. Metta for the billion Chinese in China is inspiring, isn't it, to think that one can actually sense a, a want that all those people in China to be free from suffering. That is a a marvelous thing to think as a thought in itself, isn't it? That's a wonderful thing to be able to to have in your mind. 
but recognize that that is that is an inspired thought and that is is uh, that is a thought in itself and it and it's a good thought it's a beautiful thought but then where we are right now it's like this it's not always thinking that we're dealing with is when life isn't just thought but it's feeling and we have to put up with uh, a human body that that is uh, not always what we want it to be in fact most of the time it's not what we want our human bodies are 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 not uh, ideals at all recognize that the human body is 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 not an ideal human body you can look at a picture perfect uh, female form or perfect male form that's the ideal but as an experience with a human body that's not a picture the living breathing feeling uh, painful human condition hungry and sleepy and tired and and hot and heavy and all of this then this is the way it is so metta uh, on the level of feeling and uh, towards feeling towards the, the body itself is the willingness to accept it for what it is to have metta for yourself doesn't mean uh, an idea of yourself having metta for your personality or what you think you are as a person because that's another thought but metta as a, as a willingness to accept <laughs> the way it is the body, the pain, the discomfort the, the mood, the, the uh, way, the feelings that you're having right now and that's, that's quite different than, than may all the Chinese in China be free from suffering that's, that's one uh, that's, that's part of the practice but we can't, we can't apply that we have to g- get beyond just the, the, uh, the words ability to think inspiring thoughts towards actually developing patience, endurance, acceptance willing to put up with and bear with the, the way things are both the bodies we have and the, and the people that we live with and the society we live in the way it is so we have the when we chant the metta sutta that is uh, that's the ideal, that's the, the guide, that's the, the guiding star for our practice of metta and then the actual practice of metta is here and now dealing with the way it is even with, uh, with a pain or a, a, a depressing mood or a, a unpleasantness or irritation frustration in this sensory experience of here and now Metta for all the Iraqis, Saddam Hussein, all the American, British, French troops, the German troops in Saudi Arabia. Metta for all the Israelis. Metta, we can, we can, we have this ability to apply the, this ideal to everything. 
to the whales and the dolphins, battery chickens, to to every every possible conceivable being, seen or unseen. And then the the willingness to apply this in a practical way to the seemingly insignificant feelings and attitudes and moods that we have in in any moment in daily life. So you you can see you you, you can take the the ability to to uh, to uh, to idealize and to <coughs> expand with inspiring thoughts the the concept of all sentient beings to every possibility but then we also have to apply that to the existing conditions of the here and now which is this 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 creature here the way it feels now the way it is to the people around us the way they are not the way we would like them or how they should be according to the ideal but the way they are the way we are the way life is meaning loving kindness is is accepting patiently accepting and respecting ability to endure and put up with and to accept the frustrating, the unpleasant, the unlovable, the annoying, the irritating, the disgusting, the vulgar, all of it, as well as the uh, ordinary and the lovable and the pleasant and beautiful. The metta definitely is is a counterbalance towards aversion. It's the antidote to aversion, to to impatience, to anger. One time uh, somebody asked Ajahn Chah about what is the antidote to anger? And he said, patience. Anger is always a sign of impatience. So I remember that whenever I feel angry, I realize it's always due to lack of patience, not wanting to be bothered, not wanting to have to put up with things, not not wanting things to be the way they are, not wanting somebody to to be the way they are, not wanting myself to be the way I am, and kind of wanting to to get rid of things that are annoying and and uh, and uh, as quickly as possible. Where with metta, it's you can be more like the simpleton, the patient kind of person, the fool, the holy fool, the simpleton. <coughs> these are the they have these in in religious re- religious stories of the kind of religious fool or the simpleton that that uh, is patient with with everything kind to everyone and this uh, this is another ideal isn't it of being a, of the holy uh, fool but 
we can say incline towards that more and more through our own reflection, understanding of the nature of the human mind and our ability to to practice with it. We can actually there is a way to we don't just trying to to act, to put on an act and and pretend, but we are actually willing to work with the the raw material of ourselves the way it is learning how to be patient with the body you have with the people you're living with with the the country you're living in the society you're in the, the conditions around you a retreat like this it see everything as a chance to be very, very patient. Rather than wanting this retreat to be fit an ideal you have of what retreat should be, use all the the interruptions, the frustrations, the annoyances, the the disruptions of this retreat as as the holy fool. Goody goody, a chance to be patient. I'm being really angry and upset with that person. I wish they, I wish they leave this. And you say, no, no, goody, goody, a chance to be very patient. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> 